everyone. I'm Andrew Kurtz, and I'm one of the pastors at the Vineyard Church. Thanks for joining me here on the Team Vineyard podcast, where we're trying to help you love Jesus, grow together, and give back. And today, I'm excited we're going to take a look behind the scenes at the process that Pastor Mark Pope takes when preparing a weekend message or a message series. Oh no, this could be frightening. Yes, Pastor Mark's with us today, in case you didn't catch that. Um, and we're going to look at like how he goes from an idea or a thought or a scripture into a full-blown message that can help people navigate scripture, navigate life. So who better to talk to than Pastor Mark himself on that subject? And so he's been doing this for quite a while, about 25 years at the least with the vineyard, um, oh but but yeah. a little bit longer than that. So Mark, how, how have you grown in this? Where did you get started? What was your first teaching experience? Well, first of all, hey, Tim, Team Vineyard, gosh, almost every time uh, I think of you, almost every time I think of you guys, um, I just have just warm, fuzzy feelings, you guys. So we appreciate all you're doing. And hopefully this podcast will be helpful to you. So what was the question? So what was the question? Yeah, the, the question was basically, where'd you begin? Where'd this whole teaching process start? Oh, my. Um, I was joking with Andrew five minutes ago. It first started when I was about four, and I tried to teach a puppy not to go to the bathroom in the house. But I think to get a little more serious, when I became a Christian at 20, <clears throat> I got pretty heavily involved in a church just trying to figure out how to follow Jesus. And I was involved in a young adult ministry, and the pastor of that church who was the head of the young adult stuff as well, was going to be out of town. And so he delegated the devotional at volleyball night for young adults to me. Excellent. Frightening experience. Did he give you any, any prep? or? <laughs> I don't think he gave me much prep other than I had watched people do devotionals and little devotional talks and I'd watch people share thoughts and so I don't remember him coaching me I still remember the Bible story I talked about uh is it Gideon who wait no Joshua who marched around the city of Jericho yeah, Joshua that was my text and it's burned into my memory because I was scared to death that's an overstatement, but that was, not much. That was your first That was teaching. my first ever teaching taught. Joshua. Was Joshua marching. Marching, marching around Jericho at a young adult uh, gathering of probably 18 or so 20-year-olds. You know, one other thing I thought about, though, when I was thinking about teaching, I think also God prepared me for some of that in high school, even before I was a Christian. I was in a few dramas and plays, mm -hmm. and I think the the that when I look back, I mean, I wasn't teaching anybody the Bible, but those were some of my first experiences of being up front in front of people talking, yeah, developing those upfront yeah. skills. Yeah, I still think that was that was helpful. So that was back when I was in high school. Yeah, and so that that hey wait 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 when was your first time? I'm well, gonna I'm gonna ask Andrew some sure. questions too. When's the first time you? had to oh. teach because you just recently taught on a weekend yeah. here at Vineyard. Yep. And uh, do you remember the first time you? Well, so I've, 
I, I can relate to your experience of, of growing in public speaking and, and the high school, you know, b- being prepared through that. I was in speech and debate in high school and oh. so got some of that experience there. Um, but my first teaching experience at Vineyard um, was because I'd led some Bible studies here and there, um, but nothing like upfront teaching. Um, my first teaching experience was. Um, I think at a student ministries event, um, Pastor Matt Porman at the time I was helping out with student ministries. He he asked me to do an introduction, an introductory thought for a talk, and so I, it was Psalm three. I remember Psalm. You three. remember the text too? Yeah, it was Psalm three, and then um, so that was my first. I was, it was not good. <laughs> I'll say <laughs> I'll say that, but um, I, I do remember that's what it was, um, and. It was probably five years ago or something like that when I was just a volunteer and helping out. That's great. Doing, and he gave me an opportunity. It's great. Kind of threw me in. Yep. Um, so that was, that was fun. And so where, where did it go from there? You um, started with your dog when you were little and then um, <laughs> the, the young adult group. And then how has it grown? What's changed over time? Well, let's see. So how's how's... That's a great question. How has like my teaching style changed over the years? Um, one thing I think that my teaching style uh, developed in stages. So I started with these like smaller devotional five minute, eight minute teachings, maybe 15 minute teachings. And when I first started to teach, I just mimicked and I just mimicked other teachers that I was watching at the time. And by the way, I think that's a great place to start. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was so blessed to have sat under and watched some people that were really good at communicating. And so I started there just trying to be like them. Um, but then over time, and when I say over time, this was not like over three weeks, this was over years, there would be different moments in my development as a preacher or communicator, where it's like I would pass through a new door and I would get a nugget and think, you know what, I should, or I all of a sudden had the skill set to not be as nervous as I had been for five years. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I went from a, a level 10 nerves to, wait a minute, now I'm just a level seven and it was it would change really in one week, but I'd have to endure a process for five years. Does that I don't yeah. know? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, I definitely understand that. As I've so I've been teaching young adults for the last couple of years, and um, it, I, I have noticed that there's just times where I'm not I, I don't know why, but I'm I'm not nervous anymore mm-hmm. as I get up in front of people and as I prepare for the the talk. And I think I can relate that. Hey, Team Vineyard folks, so many of you are pressing into an area of giftedness or service. This may have nothing to do with teaching up front, but you're, you're, for lack of a better term, enduring a process that may feel like, gosh, this, I've been in this for six months or, or three years. Uh, Be encouraged because sometimes all of a sudden, I want to say, there'll be a switch that gets flipped and you can move into a new time. I remember, uh, just to elaborate a little more, a very specific moment when I was 
kind of coming into my own more preaching style where the Holy Spirit spoke to me about the joy of the Lord is your strength. And from that day, it was a Sunday morning, I was driving and crossing over Jefferson Boulevard in Mishawaka. And from that moment, I became comfortable with, way more comfortable with humor in a message. And it just changed. It, it was, and I think God was just in it. Like that was kind of how he wired me. And, uh, and now it's, it's a big part. But it happened in uh, a 16-second interaction with God. And, um, yeah, and, go ahead. And for, for me, going back to this, the nerves factor and, and working mm-hmm. through some of that stuff, uh, it, for me it was um, just a matter of exposure. Like with anything, the more that you do it, the more comfortable you're, you're going to get with it. And so I had to just work through it. I knew I had a gifting. I knew God was calling me to teaching and I just had to get over that and just do it and, mm-hmm. and take that first step. And so the first time that I taught with Matt Porman, that was that was horrifying. But then the next time, <laughs> it was a little bit less horrifying. And then the next, it just mm-hmm. you got to endure it. And and now I'm still a little nervous when I get up in front of people. But there's uh, it's a whole lot more comfortable now than it was four years mm-hmm. ago, five years ago. One of my recent teaching style changes I think in the last five years I've really been working hard at make at pruning the ideas in a talk and really looking through and pruning so that just the best ideas end up in let's say a final talk for the weekend sometimes and so that's been a process for me in development boy some people would some of you guys are listening and think oh come on Mark you go on rabbit trails all the time I would say oh you should have should have been here 20 years ago (laughs) <laughs> when when every little thought became a rabbit trail. So I try to prune those things. And, and that's been a helpful thing as you've coached me is to realize that not everything that is in my first draft of a message needs to be in the final draft. Mm. Uh, not every, it, it might be a good thought, but it might not be the most helpful thought, cohesive thought. Um, and so let's let's think about or talk about some of these ideas and like the first idea. How did you how do you come from, go from a seed, a, a first thought, and develop a full blown message out of one single idea? My almost all uh, that's kind of a big statement. Most of the time, my first ideas come from my personal private time with God as I'm reading my Bible. Mm-hmm. Like almost. Every time it's just me and the Bible. And now over the years, as I read the Bible, if on any given time, if I'm looking at a chapter or two or three or four, as I read a chapter, I will see and observe sermon points. Like I'll be like, oh, wow, that's a really good, that's a great point. That's really helpful to me. That might be really helpful for people to explore. So most of my first ideas out of messages grow out of my personal devotional time and my lifelong. I've been a Christian now for 112 years. No, pretty pretty close though, right? Yeah, pretty close. (laughs) No, well, well over 30 years, 35, 37 years. Wow. How old am I? Um, But over 37 years of getting to know the Bible, getting to know the Bible, getting to know the Bible then it's out of knowing more and more and more of the word that I get ideas for messages. So 
one of the things that I, I really struggled with really early on in message prep was every time I was reading my Bible, I was just thinking about the next message. And I, at first it was, okay, so I'm not really reading the Bible to know God anymore. I'm reading the Bible to teach. And that wasn't healthy for me spiritually. How did, how did you navigate that? What do you do now? Yeah, I went through that season um, and uh, would be, I think, probably 15 years ago, I got corrected by the Lord on that. And now my personal Bible reading time, right now I'm in Genesis. In the last several days, probably in the last week, I'm up to Genesis chapter 20. And we're not doing a series on Genesis. Um, Most of what I'm doing when I'm reading or listening to Genesis, it's just for me and God. But I do give myself freedom over the years. I've developed, I will give myself freedom to make notes during my personal time that may affect a message in the future, but I'm not hunting for a message Mm -hmm. when I'm listening. So if if we could shift gears a little bit, how do you... As you're reading, as you're getting these ideas, where does the prep time come into play? How do you get from that idea and gather all those ideas together and create a series? Wow. Well, there's two things. I probably separate my prep time into my whole life is prep time for a message. I try to every day is I'm just trying to walk with Jesus and listen to his voice and uh, Paul said it encouraged Christians you follow me as I follow Christ and so boy it'd be great if I could be a little bit like Paul and think I'm supposed to follow Christ and as I do that I will learn life lessons that I will pass along to people so my life is prep time but also I would separate it out into screen time in front of my computer and Um, on any given week, I probably spend between 15 and 20 hours in front of a screen, typing out my thoughts, pruning my stupid thoughts or less than perfect thoughts, uh, just cutting and pasting the scripture in different places, um, so that's, I guess, does that answer your question? What was your question, Andrew? I, I don't remember. remember. That's okay. Um, how about this question? You've got your text. What do you, what do you go from there? You've got a text, mm-hmm. and you know kind of the topic. How do you get, yeah. like, your first point or yeah, all my, this stuff? Oh, you and a lot of you uh, folks listening, you do this. And if not, it's just a great spiritual discipline. I just make observations in the text. So... For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, uh, that whoever would believe, the, John three sixteen. I just, as I look at that, I try to observe truths. Like for God, oh wait, God, there's a God. Did you guys know there was a God? Yeah, Team Vineyard, you knew that. But in any one of those observations, that could be a preaching point. So right now I could probably go on a six minute sermon about, hey, you guys, the Bible says there's a God. He's God. He's the Lord. So that might be a dwelling place in the midst of a verse that would come into a teaching moment. For God so loved. Oh, did you guys know God loved the world? 
And then I might think of other biblical examples of God's expression of love. So my foundational springboard into teaching is just to make theological observations during the reading of the Bible. And that's been such a helpful process for me as I've been teaching as well with with start make sure that I start with scripture. You've um, I found that the hardest thing for me when I'm writing a message is if I if I start with an idea and then try to form a message around the idea, mm-hmm. it doesn't go anywhere. It takes me forever to try and write a message like that. But if I start with the idea based on a scripture, then yes. I can take the scripture and I can there's there's evidence in that scripture for what I'm trying to the points that I'm trying yeah. to make. And and so as I, I taught just a couple of weeks ago, last week actually, and um, on the weekend, and that that message, what I started with was I took my text, I uh, wrote it all down, and I just read it over and over and over oh, yeah. again and, and pulled out as many observations from it as I could until I, and, and as I was doing that, I was praying, God, what do you want me to teach on? What What's the thing that people need to hear? from you. And so That's great. circling, underlining, arrows to the next sentence, <laughs> connections, it, it's quite a process. Yeah. You know, you make me think of a, a good point that might be practical for all of us as Christians as we try to, whether we're an upfront teacher or whether we have a teaching moment with our kids, as I make those observations, I try to teach on observations that are plentiful. They're examples throughout the Bible. So if I was going to teach on for God so loved the world that he gave his one, I would teach on the parts of that scripture that are, um, uh, I can't think of how to say it, but they are evident throughout the whole word of God. So I would not decide, almost always, I would not decide to teach on a very obscure spiritual principle I would teach on something that I can find 20 different examples in the Bible of God's love. Not, I wouldn't try to find an exception. uh, Because that's something that people may be more interested in is the, wow, I've I've never heard that before. Right. And I want to teach on principles that are solid and supported in Old Testament. By the way, I would teach principles that are both supported in Old Testament Mm -hmm. and New Testament. That's why, Team Vineyard, you'll probably never have me, I'll never teach uh, a a message on the Nephilim, which which it's a word in the Old Testament, which are kind of some big giant people. They're only mentioned one time. Yeah, And you can ask me, hey, what do you think of the Nephilim? And I'll say, don't know. Not much. Some I, of, you're going to look up Nephilim. It's spelled N-E-P-H-E. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's I-L-I-M. I don't nice. Andrew is so smart. He knows Biblical how to... <laughs> scholar. <laughs> What's next? Next. How about this? When you get stuck, what do you do when you get stuck on a, on a message or as you're thinking through it, praying through the process? What, what's your thought when you get stuck on a message? Yeah, I, some quick thoughts. One is I, I do a pause and a pray. Um, and regroup. I give myself time to go, okay, wow, I'm stuck. The second thing is I tell God, hey, God, I'm stuck. And I put some of the responsibility on on him. I say, hey, remember, like, you're the one who called us to do this, right? So I really need something good. Um, 
And then the other thing I assess, well, I assess, I get less stuck if I make sure I'm in a spiritually healthy place. Mm-hmm. So I get more stuck if I'm being stupid spiritually or I haven't attended to my soul or if there's a sin in my life that I need to confess, if I kicked the dog that day, if if I, it, my spiritual health makes a difference on yeah. how much I get stuck. Yeah, my maybe not as mature of a process. When I get stuck on prep, um, obviously I'll talk with the Lord about it and ask him to, to help me out give me some new ideas, but I'll, I'll go for a walk around the office. I'll mosey around the office and um, oh, sure. I, I find myself landing in people's cubicles or offices, just asking them mm-hmm. like, what is, what do you see here? What? And so I'm, I'm talking to the Lord through this, but I'm, I'm talking to people and getting their thoughts. And I think there's a, a healthy, I think it's sort of healthy yeah. that to, well, to get other people's thoughts on scripture and texts and yeah in the book of proverbs it says that through many advisors many advisors make success sure and some of you may not know team vineyard folks um every week whoever's going to speak on that weekend practice they practice preach in front of a group of between two and five it's fantastic it's fantastic. It's the best part of my week. It's <laughs> it's it's nerve wracking. <laughs> that was sarcasm from Andrew. But uh, at the and I, by the way, we're recording this on a Friday afternoon, and so an hour ago, I practiced preach the message, and at the end of that, I sit in front of whether it's two or three or four people, and I say, "Okay, what was the best part?" And they say, this part and this part and this part was good. And then we say, what needs work? And then they will say, this part, this part, and this part could use work. And if there's ever a message that goes really well on my end, you got to give some credit to the people that are critiquing. Because mm-hmm. it really, really helps. It really does. Absolutely. I My my message is, I, I do a bit more practice preaches for others throughout the week. And, and it... I would say I go from a D plus message <laughs> on a Tuesday to a B minus on a Friday, and then the, pra- the that final practice preach gives me gets me that. It helps every time you do letter it. Letter grade up. It's yeah. Oh man, it's so helpful. Um, so we're gonna wrap up here just a little bit. But what is it about teaching, preaching, preparing messages that like what excites you the most about messages? Um, just last question. Sure. We're going to go with last question. Um, I think, uh, the idea that God can use us when we're teaching or if I'm teaching to actually change a life that Mm -hmm. excites me the most is when I hear the story of someone whose testimony will include something like, uh, pastor Mark, when you taught on this this changed my life or this helped my life. And it really is amazing that people will actually remember moments in the talk. Um, And I'll think, wow, that was two weeks ago. And they still remember that story or whatever the Holy Spirit used to. And so that's uh, really excites me. And then one other thing that excites me is if I am in the moment faithful to God, I think there are moments where God looks down 
and the and people are not my audience. God is my audience, and He looks and He says, "I need you to say this to be faithful to the Scripture, or faithful to me." And I get a sense that He smiles and says, "Thanks for being faithful." That's what needed to be said. So mm-hmm. those are exciting moments for me. Well, as we wrap up, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you just want to briefly address, um, just so that people at home, if they're missing out on something that in this pro- process, you're like, they need to know about this. Um, I think um, we're all, I, I would say to Team Vineyard, most of lives get changed. It's not as a result of a 30-minute talk. It's a moment of teaching where somebody says just the right thing, and the Holy Spirit uses that to impact a life. So I'm a teacher, Andrew, you're a teacher, but we all have moments where we can just say the right thing maybe with the right spirit where we're saying it, trying to be helpful or loving people, those are teaching moments that can change the world. Yeah. Well, there you go, Team Vineyard. That's Pastor Mark with uh, the message prep process and some of his successes and and thoughts behind the scenes. Uh, So thank you, Mark. Um, And before we wrap this up, is there uh, something that you, could you pray for us and Team Vineyard? Oh, yeah. I can do that. Do I can it. do that. Let's go do it. it. Here we go. Father, I pray a blessing right now on everybody that's listening to this pod- podcast, especially Team Vineyard. They carry responsibilities around the church. Uh, they're they're the, the committed church family. So today, will you pray? Uh, will you uh, be their protector, their guide, uh, their hope, their encouragement? Be close to them. Father, if they're having a great day and it's filled with celebration, celebrate with them, Lord. If they're having one of those challenging days, especially we pray, God, that you would be close to them, be their support, their strength, their hope during the challenging part of the day. Um, We love you, God. That's why we do what we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks. Thanks a bunch for that. And um, Team Vineyard, we hope that this was beneficial to you listening to this episode, and we hope to see you all this weekend.